I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, this is Fabio Vieira. Welcome to this edition of the Arsenal Match Day audio program. Arsenal versus Crystal Palace. Saturday, January the 20th, 2024. Kickoff, 12.30pm. The contents. Captain's notes. Around Arsenal. Player feature, Declan Rice. No more red. Sustainability. Community voice. My fave shirt. Academy Young Gun, Ethan Noweri. Around the Academy. Women. Visitors, Crystal Palace. Match action. Fulham versus Arsenal, match action, Arsenal versus Liverpool, and teams. Martin Odegaard, Captain's Notes. We had a great team trip to Dubai over the winter break, and we have come back full of energy and hunger for the rest of the season. I thought the trip was worthwhile in every aspect. We worked and trained really hard in the good weather and also got some time to relax, so the balance we had was perfect. All the sessions were really good and we could also switch off at moments and be with our families too. Our families got to know each other better as well. It was really nice to see that part of it and see how connected the whole team is. The families are a big part of what we do as well and to see them get on together was so nice, and I think they really felt like part of the group, like we are a big family. It was a good combination out there. We worked hard in training, but also were able to switch off a bit as well. What I saw out there is that we are all really well aligned as a team. We could see straight away how the team is feeling, and of course, we were a bit down after the last few results, but the most important thing for us was to switch off a little bit. The season is so intense, playing every three or four days, so it's important as well to disconnect from that, work hard and enjoy training. That was the key, to get that balance, and we did that really well. The team looks really fresh and hungry now, and we want to show that in the games, that we have come back fresher and sharper. We had a lot of young players out there too. It reminded me of when I was travelling with Madrid as a teenager. They did really well. But I must say, I wouldn't group them together as the young players. When you watch them train, they are just a part of the group like the rest of the squad. That's a really good sign, 
and I think we have some very exciting players coming through. So now our, so now our full focus is back on the football, and we can't wait to get going again. This winter break has been good for us, and we have made the most of it. I think it's important to have this opportunity during the season in the Premier League. I know in a lot of countries they have their break over Christmas, so you get a bit of time there. And in the Netherlands, for example, it's longer, so you have to do a mini pre-season afterwards, which I think is a bit too much. A week or two is good, and not so long that you have to restart again afterwards. For me, it works well. And after that break, we're determined to get back on the pitch and start picking up wins again. Everyone is so eager to play again. It's been a while. And after the last few results, we are determined to put in a good performance and get a win. Our last game was the cup defeat to Liverpool, which was really tough to take, to be honest. It was similar to what we've seen in our games lately, apart from the Fulham game, which was a bad performance. But in the others, we've played well, without taking our chances, and maybe we didn't get what we deserved. It was the same against Liverpool, because I thought we dominated, in the first half especially and should have scored a few goals. The game changed in the second half and was a bit more open. They're always dangerous when they have space to run into, but we let them have two bad goals from our side, and it's really disappointing, because we wanted to do something in the FA Cup. It's a competition that means a lot to us. It's special for this club, but you don't get another chance when you lose, and that's a big lesson for us. Even though we didn't get anything from it, it was a strong performance in many ways, and we have to keep that positive element of our game. We're back at the Emirates today, and we'll have to be at our best to take on Crystal Palace. They're a very organised team, especially strong defensively and good on the counter. I watched them against Manchester City recently, and they caused a lot of problems for them, and came away with something, so that tells you how dangerous they are. They have individual quality in the forward positions, and can be tricky to face when they play direct so it's another test for us. I have so much respect for Roy Hodgson too. I know he managed in Norway earlier in his career, so maybe my dad would have played against his team, but it was definitely before my time. He's had an amazing career though, and I can't imagine that I will still be involved in football at his age, so huge credit to him for what he's done and how he's doing it. It's great to be back in front of you all again today. Create a special atmosphere here, And I can promise you, we will be doing our best to make the day a good one. Around Arsenal, Premier League, Bukayo aiming for top 10. Bukayo Saka needs just one more assist to break into our all-time top 10 in Premier League history. Our flying winger is currently on 32 assists in the competition from 154 games, and one more would move him up level with Invincible's captain Patrick Vieira in 10th place. Dennis Bergkamp leads the way with 94 from his 315 games. Bukayo has also netted 37 Premier League goals, meaning he's on a combined 69-goal involvements in the league. However, in all competitions, he's closing in on 100 G plus A, with 95 overall, 47 goals, 48 assists. Bukayo's stats, 32 assists, 
154 games. The all-time current top 10 Premier League assists for us is as follows: Rank one, player Dennis Bergkamp, games 315, assists 94. Rank two, player Thierry Henry, games 258, assists 74. Rank three, player Cesc Fabregas. Games two hundred and twelve, assists seventy. Rank four, player Mesut Özil. Games one hundred and eighty-four, assists fifty-four. Rank five, player Aaron Ramsey. Games two hundred and sixty-two, assists forty-six. Rank six, player Theo Walcott. Games two hundred and seventy, assists forty-three. Rank seven, player Robert Pires. Games one hundred and eighty-nine, assists forty-one. Rank eight, player Robin van Persie. Games one hundred and ninety-four, assists thirty-nine. Rank nine, player Santi Cazorla. Games one hundred and twenty-nine, assists thirty-five. Rank ten, player Patrick Vieira. Games two hundred and seventy-nine, assists thirty-three. Mo starts with a draw. Mohamed El Neni started for Egypt as they got their Africa Cup of Nations campaign underway with a late draw against Mozambique last week. Despite taking the lead in their Group B match, Egypt trailed unfancied Mozambique 2-1 before a stoppage time penalty from Mo Salah salvaged a point in the Ivory Coast. El Neni played 78 minutes. Egypt were back in action against Ghana on Thursday night, though the result was not known at time of going to print. Their final group game against Cape Verde, who beat Ghana 2-1. Will take place on Monday. The competition runs until February the 11th. Meanwhile, out in Qatar, Japan started their AFC Asian Cup campaign with a win over Vietnam, although Takahiro Tomiyasu was not involved. The final of that competition takes place on Saturday, February the 10th. Five Star Supporters Clubs. Welcoming supporters clubs to Emirates Stadium on their special match day. Today we welcome fans from Arsenal Portugal, one of our newest supporters clubs, having been formed just last year. A group of Portuguese fans started meeting regularly in 2014 after connecting on Facebook, and although the club was only ratified in 2023, there are already 59 members. And that number is rising fast. The club also boasts a number of members from Brazil and has already made unofficial trips to Emirates. The most recent being for the game against Leicester in 2022. One of the group's main objectives is to ensure everyone gets a chance to visit. The group has been involved in local charities too. Last World Animal Day. 
they managed to collect more than 200 kilograms of animal feed to distribute to a local association, and more charitable activities are in the pipeline. It's City in the WFAC. Following our comprehensive 5-1 victory over Watford last weekend, we will face Manchester City at home in the fifth round of the Women's FA Cup. Jonas Eideval's team will take on the three-time winners at Meadow Park on Sunday, February the 11th, with kickoff at 2pm in the only all-WSL tie in the last 16. City are currently second in the table, above us on goal difference, although we did beat them 2-1 at Meadow Park in our last meeting in November. We remain the most successful side in the history of the Women's FA Cup, with 14 wins, although haven't lifted the trophy since 2016. Manchester City won the FA Cup for the first time in 2017, and again in both 2019 and 2020. Ticketing information will be available soon on arsenal.com. RefWatch Our referee this afternoon is Paul Tierney from Wigan. He has been on the Premier League list since 2015 and in all competitions has officiated 17 Arsenal games, although we haven't won any of the last seven games in which Paul has been referee. His only Arsenal match this season was the 2-2 draw with Fulham in August. Islington Food Bank We have linked up with Islington Food Bank to introduce a matchday food bank collection at Emirates Stadium that will run on every weekend match, including today, until the end of the season. The food bank will be open from 10am today and is on the podium level adjacent to the Tony Adams statue at the northeast corner of the ground. If you're able to help, Islington Food Bank is keen to accept baked beans, tinned fish, tinned soup, tinned fruit, pasta and sanitary products. We previously set up food banks here on an irregular basis pre-COVID, but this one is the result of a joint effort between Arsenal in the community, our fan services team, supporters groups and Islington Food Bank to offer greater support to local residents in need. Islington Food Bank is open on Mondays and Saturdays from 1pm to 4pm. Run by volunteers, the food bank aims to provide people who find themselves in a crisis with three days' worth of emergency food. NMR Shirts for More Role Models The No More Red initiative launched in January 2022 with Adidas to support the long-standing work being done by Arsenal in the community to keep young people safe from knife crime and youth violence. Within that, one of the aims was to spotlight the work of young people who have made a positive difference, and the latest recipients of our special No More Red Shirts today are Daniela and Sasha. Daniela works with young people to support them with their journey into work, including setting up apprenticeship programmes that enable them to gain employment while undertaking their qualifications and learning on the job. She supports them through our bespoke programme to help them gain full-time employment at the end of their journey. She also helps the young people map out their future careers and life journeys 
coaching them at regular intervals, and supporting them outside of work. Daniela is passionate about her role and has a thorough grasp of outside challenges and lived experiences. She has now helped numerous young people gain qualifications and permanent jobs. Sasha has overcome many challenges in her life and is a valuable member of the Arsenal in the Community team. She has been working as a peer mentor for targeted youth support since March 2022, providing group and individual support for young people with special educational needs and disabilities, most of whom are on the autistic spectrum. She has shown great patience, empathy and communication skills in her role, in which she helps young people to regulate their behaviour, socialise with others and participate in various activities. Sasha has also been involved in several youth participation events, such as interviewing new staff, training police officers and representing targeted youth support at a Metropolitan Police event, where she asked Commissioner Sir Mark Rowley questions around policing and youth. She has been nominated and awarded for her hard work and dedication on several occasions. Sasha has also been managing type 2 diabetes, which can be challenging at times, and continued to work as a mentor until she was seven months pregnant. Committed and resilient, she is a role model for other young people and an asset to our service. Record-breaking castles We recently received an email from Harvey Castle, a 98-year-old supporter who wanted to inform us of an important castle milestone. Harvey revealed that at the Sheffield United fixture earlier this season, his great-great-great-grandson Charlie Wilkinson was in attendance for his first-ever Arsenal match, aged just five, and he had the most wonderful time. Harvey went to his first Arsenal game with his father Joe, who himself had been attending since our early days in Islington, and the Castle family are well known to our life president, Ken Fryer. We'd love to know if there are any other supporters out there who can boast six generations of gunners. Email us at program at arsenal.co.uk Meet the mascots A warm welcome to this afternoon's mascots. Edward is eight years old and from Chiswick. He says his favourite players are Bukayo Saka, Martin Odegaard and Gabriel Jesus. Our Crystal Palace mascot is seven-year-old Raphael, who is from Bromley. Enjoy the match, boys. Ticket news. Home tickets. Arsenal v Liverpool. Premier League. Sunday, February the 4th. Kick-off, 4.30pm. Tickets on sale to Silver, Canon, Red and JG members via the Ticket Exchange Service until 1.30pm on Sunday, February the 4th. Arsenal v Newcastle United, Premier League, Saturday, February the 24th, kick-off 8pm. Tickets on sale to Silver, Canon, Red and JG members via the Ticket Exchange Service until 5pm on Sunday, February the 24th. Away Tickets Nottingham Forest v Arsenal, The City Ground, Premier League, 
Tuesday, January the 30th. Kickoff, 7.30pm. Tickets for this match sold out to Platinum, Gold and Travel Club members with 15-plus away points. West Ham United v Arsenal. The London Stadium. Premier League. Sunday, February the 11th. Kickoff, 2pm. Tickets for this match sold out to Platinum, Gold and Travel Club members with 15-plus away points. Notice board. Welcome to Emirates Stadium today, Oscar and Rico. We hope you have a brilliant day. From Kai and all your friends at Arsenal. Happy 7th birthday, Oliver. Enjoy the game today. Love from Mum, Dad and little brother Joshua. Happy 21st birthday, Carl. Enjoy watching the Arsenal. Lots of love, Tasha. Happy 60th birthday, Mark Scott, from all your family, C-O-Y-G. Happy 21st birthday to Eloise Jeffrey. Lots of love, Sarah, Steve and Harry. Happy birthday, Nick Dillenschneider. Love from the Charlotte crew. Happy 7th birthday, Henry Saliba Rivers. Lots of love, Mummy, Daddy and Uncle Rue. Come on, you gunners. Hope you are having a great day at your first Arsenal match, Rory O'Toole, from Mum, Dad and Finn. Happy birthday, Mick Postlethwaite, Dad. Have a great day. Love from Gio, La and Alex. C-O-Y-G. Happy 10th birthday to my nephew, Joey. Lots of love, Uncle Ash. Happy 7th birthday, Kit Dodds. With love, Sandra and Oscar, the Gunasaurus dog. Charlie Graham. Happy 16th birthday. Love from Mum, Dad and Danny. Happy 7th birthday to Max Bamforth. A junior gunner attending his first Arsenal game today. C-O-Y-G. Lots of love, Mummy, Daddy and Finley. Welcome, Oscar, Zara and Darren Jones. We hope you enjoy your first ever Arsenal game. Happy 11th birthday to Bo Q. Stroud. Love from Mum, Dad, Louis and Esme. 11 years a Gooner, forever to go. Welcome, Ted Weston from Bridgewater, Somerset. Ted is attending his first Arsenal game with his dad, Michael Richards, today. Happy 13th birthday, Joshua Thomas. Hope you enjoy the game with your brother, Alexander. Lots of love, Mummy, Daddy and Alexander. Happy birthday, Moomba Ernest Moombawatasai. Thank you for your support. Wishing you a happy birthday and enjoy the game. Happy first birthday, Zachary Firth. Hopefully, you'll get to your first game soon. Lots of love, Mummy, Daddy, Grandma, Grandpa and the Cats. Hope you enjoy your first Arsenal match, Ollie Popel. Have the best day. Come on, you gunners. Wishing Carolyn Silver a very happy 80th birthday, with love from John, Jenny, Christian and Noah. Happy birthday to Jen Sanderson, and congratulations on your recent marriage to Rich. 
Love Mum, Dad, Lauren, Liam and Winnie. Happy birthday to my junior gunners, Mika and Theo. Here's to many more games together. Lots of love, Daddy. Happy 7th birthday, Bobby Patterson. His first Arsenal game. Stanley Bell. Enjoy your first live match. Love, Grandad George. Arsenal remembers. Marshall Simmons. Beloved husband, dad and pops, left us on December the 8th. Gone, but never forgotten, and always in our hearts. David Leyland, who passed away at home on Christmas Eve 2023, held tight by his loving family, aged 82. A renowned theatre, film and television writer, director and actor, who is survived by his wife Sabrina, his four daughters, his son and his six grandchildren, all of whom he loved almost as much as Arsenal Football Club. Ivan Collins, lifelong Arsenal fan and season ticket holder for over 50 years, passed away aged 82 on the 21st of December. He will be missed by his family and friends. Jerry Noon, gone but never forgotten. Once a gooner, always a gooner. Cameron Lewis Arno, forever young. Our beautiful son Cameron, shine bright. Love mum, dad, Mason, Alice, Elijah and LJ. Stanley Mark Robinson, so sad to hear the passing of a true gunner who passed away on December the 27th, 2023. Mourned by wife Andrea, son Tyrone, daughter Haley, and all family, friends and fans. Paul Long, in loving memory of a true gooner. 23rd of March, 1966 to 18th of December, 2023. E.I.E. Steve Mann. We are deeply saddened by the passing of Steve Mann, a pure gentleman who treated everyone he came across with respect and sincerity. He was mayor of Haringey 2017-18 to and an important long-term committee member of AISA, Arsenal Independent Supporters Association. Our heartfelt condolences go to his wife Jennifer. He is a great loss. Together, Declan Rice. We speak to our first team players about what togetherness and team spirit means to them. We asked our midfielder what he thinks are the vital ingredients for a successful team spirit. What do you think is the most important ingredient of a team? I think the most important ingredient of a team is having a manager that you all believe in and having someone that you respect and you know they're in charge. You need someone there that, as players, you know that every single day you have to be at it. And with this group here, the togetherness is incredible. Everyone comes in every day to work happy, work hard 
and we ultimately set up every single week with the goal of winning football matches. I feel like, as a team, the best ingredient is that, having a respectful group and a great manager, who everyone applies themselves to and works towards. I think that brings about success. What does team spirit mean to you? I think the key is bonding, like we've just experienced out in Dubai. It's important to go out for dinners as a team and to put in the time to really get to know each other. Team spirit can be easy to have when things are going well, but in matches where situations are getting tough, that's when your team spirit will really be tested. That's when it's all about sticking together. At the training ground on a day-to-day basis, team spirit is how you spend time with each other and mix with people, both players and staff. There are so many different things that could contribute towards building team spirit. Tell us about the first team you ever played for. Were you the captain as a kid? My first ever team was Chelsea, aged eight. I wasn't the captain, but I was always the team joker. I was really outgoing and always wanted to have a laugh and a joke. But I always had that drive and mentality too. I wanted to win and be successful. Tell us about your current teammates. Who are you closest to in the team? To be fair, I've formed a lot of really good relationships here. There's a lot of different cultures, and I'm really close with Gabriel Magalice. We get on so well. Alex Zinchenko, Gabriel Jesus, and Aaron Ramsdale too. I get on with everyone. I talk to everyone, and it's great to have a good relationship with so many different people in the team. I look around and I think these are the people that I want to win stuff with and have a long career with. How much have you learned about different countries and cultures from teammates? They've taught me so much. Take me and Gabrielle, for example. We're both completely different personalities from completely different backgrounds, and we play football in a different way too. But we learn so much from each other, and we've formed a really good friendship. It's what I love about the Premier League and Arsenal. It's such a multicultural environment, and everyone understands that and respects it. There's not one player here who doesn't get along with everyone else. That's what makes this group so special. Have you picked up much language from teammates? No, I'm shocking. How important is diversity in a team? It's so important. If you look at the best teams in almost any sport and which teams have won the Premier League over the last twenty years or so, there's always diversity in backgrounds, ethnicity, and ages. I think it's essential for a successful team, and that's why it's so important to have a diverse changing room because everyone can bring something different, and everyone needs to learn from each other. The football culture in Spain or Brazil is completely different to over here, and it's the same for our playing styles. Everyone has different techniques, abilities, and qualities that they bring to the team, and because of that, I honestly don't think you'd want to have a team full of people from the same area with the same qualities. Because they might not have the answer or solution to solve a problem that a diverse team can. How do you spend a day away from football? On the golf course, we don't have too many golfers here at Arsenal, but I've played a good amount with Rammers. Other than that, I just like to chill out. It's really important to take it easy when you get the chance to have some downtime. We have got one of the youngest teams in the league. What benefits does that bring? Hunger, excitement, the desire to win—I think to be doing what we're doing in the Premier League with a team this young is really, really special. 
I think there's so much more to come from so many of us. We're a group of really hungry players who want to succeed and will do anything to get there. Can you think of a time when the team has been there for you at a difficult moment? I've made mistakes for England and I've made mistakes for West Ham. I've been taken off at half-time. But thankfully, I've always had great characters and captains around me to pick me back up. They've told me the beauty of football is that there's always another chance, another match. I've received some great advice over the years, but that's one that always stands out. You can make a mistake, and in that moment, it's painful. But sometimes, just three days later, you have another game, and you have the chance to rectify your mistake. It's important to learn from mistakes, but it's also important to focus on what's ahead. If you stay in the past, you're going to keep thinking about the mistake and you'll be no good to anyone in a team environment. How much do you know or remember about the Invincibles team? What's so great about the Invincibles is that I'm not sure it will ever happen again. The mentality of that team is just something else. We've seen teams have an incredible record at home over the course of a whole season but to travel away from home 19 times and to not be beaten once, unbelievable. There would have been some games where they were really tested, but every single time they came up with an answer. If they couldn't win, they would dig deep and make sure they left with a point. It's one of the best achievements you could ever have in football. Can you imagine playing an individual sport like golf or tennis rather than a team sport? I think golf is one of the most mentally challenging sports out there. Tennis too, because it's just you and you need to battle through your emotions. Whereas in football, we're lucky because if you're not having the best of games or you're not feeling quite right, you've got your teammates around you to lift you up or help you out. In tennis or golf, the spotlight is entirely on you and you need to solve that problem yourself. No one else is there and I think it's one of the toughest things to do which is why I really respect and admire them. Do you know any individual sport athletes? I was able to play a little bit with Rory McIlroy last week in Dubai, and that was great fun. I'm quite fortunate because I've been connected to a few sportsmen over the years, and I've had the pleasure of spending some time with them in their world. I know a few snooker players, a few tennis players, golf players. They're all different sports with different challenges so I just love being able to spend more time with them and having the chance to pick their brains. In a team sport, you're following what the manager wants, but in an individual sport, it's your call, and you have full freedom to play the game exactly as you want, because it's only you out there. There's a whole team behind the team at Arsenal, the medical team and coaches. How much time do you spend with them? I spend a lot of time with the staff here, but honestly, I don't see them as staff. I don't like dividing them away from us in that sense. We're all part of the team, and I see everyone here as my friend. I want them to be able to come to me and speak with honesty, and be able to have a laugh too. I think that's really important, and it's why I really enjoyed the training camp in Dubai, because we had a group barbecue, and it gave us the chance to talk more, play some pool at the end of the night and get to know each other better as people. How often do you have team and one-on-one -on -one meetings with the coaches? I can have meetings with the coaches whenever I feel like I need one. 
They're always open to a conversation, and I know I can knock on their door whenever to talk football or anything, really. Sometimes they will call you for a meeting, but other times you'll be the one to instigate it. It's the same with Mikel. As for team meetings, Mikel will host pretty much all of them. They can be before games, after training, ahead of a really important block, basically any time a clear message needs to be sent. What's the best example of togetherness with the supporters you can remember? Obviously, I've not been at Arsenal too long, but I feel like over the past five years, the club has made so much progress on and off the pitch and that there's a new connection between the club and the supporters. That's happened because the club has stuck together, trusted the youth, invested and had a clear process in place for where they want to go. I think all of the fans can see that vision too, and that's why there's such a feeling of togetherness around the entire club right now. What's your own personal team? The people closest to me are incredibly special. They're the best. I'm incredibly lucky that I've got so many people who are level-headed and keep me focused. They're upfront, honest, and they tell me when things are wrong. In my personal life and at the training ground, I've built relationships with so many people and I feel like I'm on a level with people who I can speak honestly with. That's what's best for me and it's something I don't take for granted. No more red. Despite the result, our last home game was a hugely successful day of awareness surrounding our No More Red initiative. Partnering with Adidas, No More Red aims to help keep young people safe from knife crime and youth violence by providing safe spaces to play sport, access to role models and more opportunities for young people. The afternoon marked the first time Arsenal had worn a white shirt for a home fixture since we moved to North London in 1913. It was the third consecutive season donning the symbolic top following away games at Nottingham Forest and Oxford United, also both in the FA Cup third round. On the day, there was a pre-match presentation to 20 families from Love and Loss, a London-based charity supporting parents bereaved through knife crime. Jack Ironside, Arsenal in the Community's Social Inclusion Manager, appeared on the Match Day Breakdown live show alongside No More Red participants Kai and Sanchez. There was, of course, a bespoke matchday programme, full of NMR content, including an eye-catching black-and-white wraparound cover. Representatives from the ten No More Red charity partners were guests of the club, while seven mascots from Arsenal in the community appeared with the captains before the match. In addition to the last match here at Emirates, there was an equally fantastic afternoon up at Meadow Park last Sunday when Arsenal women donned the iconic kit for the very first time against Watford in the FA Cup fourth round. At the women's game, the supporters' clubs excelled themselves with a brilliant display as they held up white cars to show their support. Abby, the CEO of Abianda, one of our NMR partners that works with women and girls affected by organised crime, violence and criminal exploitation, presented Lotte Wubenmoy with her Player of the Month award and had an interview pitch-side about their work. And, of course, there was another fantastic bespoke matchday programme. 
NMR partners and stakeholders were also present for the team's 5-1 victory. Lastly, even our academy got involved as the players donned NMR warm-up hoodies for the under-21s 1-0 victory over Middlesbrough at Meadow Park on Friday, January 12th. Women's Game vs Watford This was the first time AWFC have worn the all-white kit. Our mascot was an Arsenal in the community participant. Abby Ender, an NMR charity partner, spoke pitch side. Other charity partners were also in attendance. Sustainability Arsenal Acts Light Fantastic The removal of festive lights from our homes, streets and towns can often leave us feeling a little gloomy, especially through the miserable January weather. But we've got some good lighting-related news for you. Like any other building, lighting is responsible for a large amount of our power consumption at Emirates Stadium, and therefore any reduction in use is a big benefit. So we are really excited to be able to start on a large lighting project at Emirates Stadium, which will see us replace all our old and inefficient light fittings with new energy-efficient LED alternatives. During this project, which will be commencing very soon and running through to the end of the season, we will replace over 9,000 lights from throughout our stadium. The benefit of the LED lights have over their old alternatives is that they use substantially less electricity, whilst also providing a more controllable light. We are also investing in better controls and sensors to help reduce light run times even further allowing lights that have to be left on in unoccupied rooms and areas to switch off. For as we know, there is no more efficient light than one that is switched off. Hopefully you will notice the improvements if you are able to visit Emirates over the next few months. Remember that LED lights work as well in your home as in our home, so they will also help you to reduce your electricity use. For this project, we have also thought about how we can better manage the waste, so we'll be separating the metal from the old fittings and ensuring that goes to recycling. We will also be managing the packaging of the new lights when they arrive at the stadium, with any cardboard also entering our segregated waste streams. Our AFCON Champs as everybody knows, the 2023 version of the African Cup of Nations is currently being held in Ivory Coast, with Mo El Neni from Egypt and Thomas Partey from Ghana representing the Gunners. But over in Bore, Kenya, home of our Arsenal Forest, we think we have our very own African champions in the Bore Lions, the local football team who now play in the Arsenal kit we have sent out to them and represent the club superbly. Not only do they get great results in local tournaments, they also act as ambassadors for the Arsenal Forest, opening local events, speaking to classes of schoolchildren about our forest, and even delivering the neem seedlings to local landowners, who are now very keen to grow this variety of tree because of its strong association with Arsenal. It is even called the Arsenal Tree now in this part of Kenya. 
And we are equally proud of our Boré Lionesses, who fulfil a similar role to the men's team in representing the Arsenal name so brilliantly. What is also inspirational about the Lionesses is that Boré didn't even have a women's team until the link-up with our club and the village came about. But with a little help from our resource team out in Kenya and a healthy consignment of Arsenal kit from our storerooms, the Lionesses were formed in 2022 and continue to go from strength to strength. Be a part of the Arsenal Forest. For more on the project and to buy your own trees for just £1 each, scan the QR code on the sustainability page of our Match Day programme. Community Voice Arsenal Acts Project Football Plus Program Weekly Participants 100 Plus Working in Islington and the local area Available to Boys and Girls aged 5 to 16 More info Email Danny Sickers at dsickers at arsenal.co.uk Grassroots football in London is the most popular sport, but there are limited places and opportunities for the children of Islington who are desperate to play the same way as their idols like Saka and Odegaard. Arsenal in the community attempts to combat this with our Football Plus programme, creating community-based teams and squads and providing high-level coaching and enjoyment for the local community. Most recently, our brand-new Under-8 group, many of whom live in N5 and N7, have entered the programme and have been enjoying their time developing their skills and making new friends. One of our newer participants is Ezekiel Z, who has proved to be a really bright spark in the group. An active member of our community after-school clubs, PE lessons and now our Football Plus programme, his enthusiasm for development and football has not gone unnoticed. In the three months he has been with us, Z has played his first ever semi-competitive matches, trained week in week out developing his skills and has even had the opportunity to play matches against the Arsenal pre-academy at the prestigious Hayland Academy Centre. Speaking with Z, he told the Match Day programme, At Football Plus, I can have fun, get better at football, and if I am angry at anything that day, I can forget about it when I am playing in my group. Z's family are also delighted with the positivity of his participation. The Football Plus programme is a great environment for Z to be in with his friends and favourite coaches, they said. It's on our doorstep in the community and he loves every moment. All these things embody the Football Plus programme values. Trying your best, never give up, be a great teammate and have fun. We can't wait to see what Z can do with his ability and passion for football and development in everyday life. Keep working hard, Z, and one day we might even see you on the Emirates pitch. For more information about the Football Plus programme, contact our football development coordinator, Danny Siggers. 
dcigars at arsenal.co.uk. My fave shirt. Supporters tell us about an Arsenal shirt they hold in particular affection. Today's collector is James Dower, who is 32 years old and originally from Milton Keynes. His favourite shirt comes from his first season, 1998-99. The Arsenal has been part of my life for as long as I can remember, but the 1998-99 season was where my story started. Having fallen in love with the earlier double-winning team, my dad promised me a trip to Highbury to buy the new 1998-99 home shirt. These were the days when shirt printing was charged per letter and number, so I'm pretty sure my dad may have had an influence over my choice of Adams 6 rather than Overmars 11. Making the trip down to Highbury on kit release day became a yearly tradition and would be the highlight of my summer. In similar circumstances to today, Tickets at Highbury were difficult to come by, so my earliest matchday memories were watching Arsenal at the much larger Wembley Stadium, where we played Champions League games in the late 90s. Although our record in that year's competition was disappointing, I have such vivid memories of seven-year-old me standing up on my seat, singing loud and proud, watching the Arsenal take on teams such as Dynamo Kiev and Panathinaikos. I marvelled at Dennis Bergkamp, Nicholas Anelka and Patrick Vieira, but Tony Adams at the heart of the famous back four was always a hero of mine. A few years ago I was lucky enough to meet Tony at a charity event and he was kind enough to sign my shirt. The shirt now sits proudly framed in my home office where I can't help but get carried away in childlike excitement reminiscing about Arsenal in the late 90s and early 2000s. Nowadays I live in Staffordshire but I'm still lucky enough to attend roughly 10 games a season with the Arsenal West Midlands Supporters Club. Making the trip down the M1 to London still fills me with the same excitement from all those years ago. My Arsenal mates are some of my closest, and talking nonsense about team news, tactics and past shirts provides an amazing escapism which I'm so happy to have in my life. Although there are much more iconic shirts from Arsenal's history, this one will always be my favourite. The design is simple yet classy and is topped off beautifully with a set of gold champions patches. But more importantly, this shirt is my favourite as it represents the start of my Arsenal journey and a love affair that will last a lifetime. Did you know? This was the Arsenal shirt's final season sponsored by JVC, a relationship that started in season 1981-82. Defending the title, we eventually finished second in the league. The season featured the famous blue home shirt worn against Lon in the Champions League. Are you a shirt collector? If you share an interest in collecting Arsenal kit, there is an Arsenal shirt collectors group of over 3,500 members worldwide who buy, sell and swap Arsenal kit from all seasons. All welcome. You can find them on Twitter at shirt underscore Arsenal or Facebook www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash 986 202 4261 Academy Young Gun 
Ethan Nwaneri. The Basics. Born Islington, 21st of the 3rd, 2007. Joined 16th of the 5th, 2015. Height 179 cm. Position Central Midfield, Central Attacking Midfield. Boots Tiempos, School St. John's Senior School, Enfield. Number 63. Rate yourself out of 100. Pace 81, dribbling 83, passing 87, shooting 90, defending 60, physical 75. Growing up as a gooner, it was always a dream of mine to play for this club. I grew up near to the stadium in Islington, and all of my family are Arsenal fans too. I've always been Arsenal at heart, but my journey actually started at Chelsea. I was there with my teammate, Miles Lewis Skelly, too, so it's quite cool that we've pretty much always played together at youth level for both club and country. I moved around at Chelsea, Tottenham and West Ham, but then I signed for Arsenal when I was nine and from there I've progressed through the pathway and loved every minute of it. Jack Wilshere was always my favourite player growing up, so it's kind of crazy to think that he's my under-18s coach now. I couldn't believe it when I found out, and if I'm being completely honest, I was actually quite starstruck in the first few training sessions. I'm only young, but that was a real moment for me to appreciate and reflect on how far I've come already to be able to get an opportunity like that. When I look back on my time at Hale End, I've got so many special memories, but one thing that really stands out to me is the Florida trip at under-14s. It was a great experience to play against some of the best youth teams from all around the world. And I remember we were all staying at the same hotel too. It was like nothing I'd ever experienced before. I reckon one day I'll be able to look back on the players that were playing in that tournament and see some really good careers. Since moving to London Colney, I feel like I've developed so much as a player and as a person too. And I'm so thankful that my hard work was rewarded in the way that every young Arsenal fan dreams about, making my debut for the first team. In the build-up to that game against Brentford, I'd been training with the first team quite a lot, and the one thing I kept telling myself was to always be ready. I can't say I expected it, but I was ready. When I was sat on the bench, I was watching the game closely and just trying to think about how I could make an impact if I'm given the opportunity. But that feeling of actually being called over, nothing compares. I was so excited to just get out there. I didn't even know that I was making history at the time. That was news to me after the game. It was such a proud moment, and of course I had to enjoy it, but my family plays such an important part in keeping me grounded and reminded me that this is just the start. I had my GCSEs and an England camp straight after the game too, which meant that I had to stay disciplined and focused, and I didn't have too much time to think about everything that happened. There were a lot of things going on in my life that helped me to keep my feet on the floor. Since then, I've had some really valuable conversations with Mikel and his staff about where I need to improve and what I need to add to my game. They've been so helpful with talking about the smaller details and also giving me guidance on how I can reach the physical level required to play first-team football. I've played up age groups throughout all of my time at Hale End and Colney, and I feel like that's helped me to adapt physically to training. It's all about the finer details if I want to improve, 
and I feel like I'm in the best environment possible to identify and work on them. I was given the chance to join the first team out in Dubai for their training camp last week, and that was a great experience for me. There's so much for me to learn every single day just by being in that environment, and when I compare under-23s football to the first team, the one thing that stands out above everything else is the intensity and speed of everything. You need to move quicker, make decisions quicker, pass quicker, and give the manager what he's demanding from you. It's a different pressure when you come into the first team, so you have to get up to speed quickly or you won't last. I love the challenge of being in an environment like that. I love being tested and I enjoy the fact that everything doesn't work all the time. I have to solve problems by myself, in my mind and with my feet, and that's something I really enjoy about football at the highest level. When you step into the first team as a youngster, it's really important to find a balance between working hard to show what you can do, but also trusting your ability and playing your natural game. I'm just trying to play how I usually play and be myself, but I also need to find solutions when things aren't working, because not everything is going to work. I'm still really young, and I have a lot to improve on, so it's all about dealing with those problems and finding an answer. When I think about playing my best football, I would say I'm usually playing as one of the two pocket players, either as the 8 or 10. They're my best positions, and it's where I feel most comfortable and confident because I'm on the ball and I have a chance to progress and drive play forward. I love playing alongside Miles in the midfield. I feel like we really complement each other in terms of our style of play, and I think everyone can see we have a great connection on the pitch. We've obviously got great chemistry because we've known each other for so many years, and I feel like we communicate really well. I'm grateful to play with someone of his quality and to be training alongside him with the first team in Dubai. It was another really valuable experience for me, and I feel like I've had a strong first half of the season. But now I've got to keep this intensity up because I'm hungry for more opportunities and I've got so much to learn. There's no better place for me to do it than right here. Around the Academy Under-18s back with a bang Jack Wilshire reflected on a triumphant start to the new year as our young gunners beat Aston Villa 3-2 in an eventful encounter on Saturday, January the 7th in the under-18s Premier League. Kamani Ryan's goal and two penalties converted by Michael Rosiak made it a great start to the new year for our young gunners. I thought it was exciting, said Wilshire. We came here last season and lost with a similar team, and I wanted to see how far we have progressed, and the players were excellent. Especially coming back from a long break, it's not always easy, but it does give you a chance to reflect on the season so far and implement new things, and I felt the players did that very well. We found our rhythm straight away and dominated. Yes, we have to look at how we are conceding goals when we're on top, but overall, the team's performance was really good. Jack had high words of praise for Ismail Kabir, who was a standout player, 
making only his second start of the season since recovering from an injury. Cabia was brilliant. He came on during the derby game and made an impact by scoring the winning goal too. He's shown his quality over the last few weeks in training and had been pushing me to start the game. He got his opportunity today and he was exceptional. It's always a good sign when the opposition defender gets substituted, so credit Cabia, he was outstanding. He also spoke highly of Rosiak's mentality as the midfielder stepped up to take three penalties. It's a unique situation. It's not often that you take three penalty kicks in a game, but credit to him for continuing to step up after missing the first one. His technique is his biggest strength, which we've seen from his free kicks that he scores, and he's always confident in a dead ball situation. Overall, he was brilliant on the ball too. He made an exceptional pass to Amari Benjamin en route to winning the final penalty, and he controlled the game from the middle. There was more reason to smile for Wilshire's team last weekend, with an impressive 3-0 victory over Reading. With goals from Dan Casey, Lewis Brown and Osman Kamara securing a fifth consecutive win in all competitions, Wilshire highlighted the strong team spirit that has evolved within the squad. The big thing for me is the unity of the group. I didn't feel it as much at the start of the season. It takes a while to build as new players come in and the first years from last year become second years. There are different roles and responsibilities. Now I can feel it within the players and staff and we're pushing every week to get better. I don't think it was our best performance. We lacked control in some instances and I thought we played a lot better last week. But we had nice moments throughout the game and scored three good goals. We're in a good place and we want it to continue. But that's the challenge. Can we be consistent and push on from here? It starts from the way we train, which is paramount for the players to get better. Academy stars train in Dubai. During the winter break, several players from the academy joined the first team squad for their warm weather training camp in Dubai. This experience provides these young players with invaluable exposure to the first team environment. The list of academy players who participated in the training camp includes Miles Lewis Skelly, Ethan Enwanery, Rail Walters, Amario Cozier Dubery, Lino Souza, Charles Sago Jr., Jack Henry Francis, Mauro Bandera, and James Hilson. FA Youth Cup Action Today Jack Wilshire's young gunners are taking on Liverpool later today in the fourth round of the FA Youth Cup. The game kicks off at the Liverpool FC Academy at 5.30pm, with a place in the fifth round up for grabs. After reaching the final last season, we beat Crew Alexandra 7-1 in the third round last month, while Liverpool claimed a 2-1 victory away to Fleetwood Town. We will bring you all the reaction in the next matchday programme on February the 4th. United next in PL Under-18 Cup Our Under-18s have been drawn away to Manchester United 
in the Premier League Cup round of 16. The match will take place at 11am on Saturday, February the 3rd and will be held at Carrington. We reached the knockout stages of the competition by finishing second in Group B with seven points from three games. That came courtesy of a 2-1 win at Derby County, 1-0 win at Middlesbrough and 1-1 draw at home to West Ham United. Manchester United, meanwhile, won Group F with just six points, beating Southampton 5-1 and Reading 4-1, but losing 1-0 to Wolverhampton Wanderers. Patino shines for Swansea. Our on-loan midfielder Charlie Patino netted the opening goal for Swansea City in their 2-0 home victory over Morecambe in the Emirates FA Cup third round. This marked Charlie's fourth goal for the Swans, and his impactful performance earned him the well-deserved title of Player of the Match, as voted by the fans in new manager Luke Williams' first game in charge. On other loan news, Mauro Bandera has returned to Arsenal following a loan spell at League Two club Colchester United. During his time with the U's, Mauro appeared 11 times for the Essex club. Under-21s see off Borough Mehmet Ali said his team delivered an improved second-half performance in our 1-0 win at home to Middlesbrough under-21s in the Premier League 2 on Friday, January the 12th. We took the lead early in the second half when Bradley Ibrahim played a great ball over the top to Ismail Kabir, who made no mistake when he rounded the goalkeeper and tucked the ball into the bottom left. In the first half, I thought their game plan was really good. We tweaked a few things in the second half, and I thought we played really well from 45 to about 80 minutes. We got into some good areas, and I'm pleased with the boys in terms of Jimmy Gower getting into good little pockets, and Ismail Kabir and Kyan Edwards off the sides, who did really well to break lines. We got our reward and our goal and then one ugly towards the end, but nothing wrong with that. I just said that to the boys. Good win, not our best performance, but really pleased with them. Our goal was scored by Kabia, who was making his first appearance for the under-21s, and frequently displayed a desire to take his opposing left back on and get across into the box. We've got eight boys that are in Dubai with our first team training. And for me, it's an opportunity for younger players to step up, and Ismail Kabir took that today, Mehmet explained. He took his goal really well, had a bit of a slow start into the game, but in the second half he stayed high and wide and did well to get at his opponent. He got in a lot of crosses, so I'm really pleased with him, but also all of the other lads stepped up. We had a few other younger ones today, and all of them put in a really good shift and had some brilliance. The team showed plenty of character and concentration to hold on to the 1-0 win, playing a total of 17 minutes of added time after a lengthy stoppage due to an injury to the referee. Especially when you're 1-0 up and playing against a team chucking everything at you, the boys defended well, got some key blocks and headers, and also had the bravery, Mehmet said. 
we could have gone and nicked it and got another goal on transition. Arsenal women. Five star gunners. The Gunners began their quest to win a record-extending 15th FA Cup by beating Watford 5-1 at Meadow Park last Sunday. And with on loan, Michelle Agyemang netting for the visitors, all six goals came from Arsenal players. The hosts started on the front foot and were ahead within six minutes when Watford keeper Jackie Goldsmith could only parry Victoria Pelova's shot and Alessia Russo snuck in to pounce on the rebound. And before the match had reached the quarter-hour mark, it was 2-0. Debutante Emily Fox won a corner after neat interplay with Beth Mead on the right and Pelova then dummied the ball for Leah Walty to place a low shot to the left of Goldsmith. The Gunners were rampant and the visitors did well to deny Russo as she was about to pull the trigger and Viviane Miedema forced a save from Mead's free kick. Just past the half-hour mark, Amanda Leachstead went close to making it 3-0, heading over the bar from Katie McCabe's corner. Goldschmidt nearly scored the third goal herself, her punch from a corner heading towards her own net before being cleared off the line. And Russo went close when her shot drifted just wide of the far post after a defensive mix-up. The England striker went even closer when she hit the bar from Miedema's cutback on the right. Yet somehow it remained 2-0 at the break. Five minutes into the second half, Goldschmidt made the best save of the match to deny Caitlin Ford at the far post and Miedema hit the side netting after fine work from Fox to engineer a cross. Just past the hour mark, Jonas Eideval made a quadruple change and Stina Blackstenius scored within two minutes of coming on, racing clear to meet Pelova's defence-splitting through ball and fire past the onrushing Goldschmidt. The Watford keeper then did well to deny sub Frieda Manham and the Arsenal substitutes were lining up to shoot as Goldschmidt then denied Chloe Lacasse, although it was our on-loan striker Michel Agumang who scored the fourth goal of the game, capitalising on some poor defending to lash the ball home. The visitors grew in confidence after that until Leichstead headed home McCabe's corner on 86 minutes and Manham got on the score sheet herself two minutes later, taking a touch and firing past Goldschmidt after the Watford defence failed to clear across from the right. It could, perhaps should, have been more, but this was a positive start to 2024. Welcome Emily Fox we were delighted to confirm the signing of United States international defender Emily Fox on the eve of the Watford game. The 25-year-old right-back joined us following a spell at North Carolina Courage in the National Women's Soccer League in the United States, where she made 19 appearances after joining in January 2023. Prior to that, Emily spent her first two seasons in the professional game at Racing Louisville, having represented Lot Vubenmoy and Alessia Russo's former team North Carolina Tar Heels at college level. 
Emily made her senior debut for the United States national team in 2018 and has won 39 caps for her country to date. She was part of the squads that won the CONCACAF Women's Championship in 2022, as well as the She Believes Cup in 2022 and 2023. Emily also represented the USA at the 2023 World Cup, starting all four of their matches. It feels amazing to have signed here, said Emily. When I think of Arsenal, I think of excellent. I think of a global organisation. I think of family. I think of pushing the standards of football and especially in the women's game. It's a huge honour to get the opportunity to represent this club and I'm excited to get started and play in front of our supporters. Head coach Jonas Eideval said, We're delighted to bring Emily to Arsenal and I'm sure our supporters will join me in welcoming her to our club. Emily has shown impressive development over recent seasons and her strengths in both phases will make her an important addition to our squad. At international level, the experience she's built up gives her an excellent foundation to make the transition to English football. Director of Women's Football Claire Wheatley said, Emily is an experienced international defender and we are very pleased to have added her to our squad. Having spent time tracking Emily's career to date, we believe she has all the tools to integrate into the environment here at Arsenal and make a big contribution to us achieving our goals. Emily made her debut against Watford last Sunday and looked at home straight away, impressing with her incisive passing and clever movement. Welcome, Emily. Alessia named in World Eleven. Huge congratulations to Alessia Russo, who was named in the 2023 FIFPRO Women's World Eleven at FIFA Best Awards in London on Monday. The 24-year-old striker was voted into the team by fellow professionals in recognition of her exploits for club, OK, two clubs, and country over the past 12 months, which included scoring three goals for the Lionesses en route to the World Cup final and six goals in her first 12 games following her move to Arsenal in July. Catherine heads out on loan. Danish midfielder Catherine Kuhl has joined Everton on loan for the rest of the season. The 20-year-old signed for us in January 2023 and made her debut as a substitute in our 3-0 win over Aston Villa later that month. She then scored on her full debut in a 9-0 win over Leeds United in the FA Cup. Director of Women's Football Claire Wheatley said, We've been impressed by Catherine's development and this move will provide her with an opportunity to continue her progression in the Women's Super League. Catherine is a wonderful young midfielder and we look forward to seeing her grow over the coming months and as her Arsenal career unfolds. Good luck, Noel. Swiss right-back Noel Maritz left Arsenal earlier this month after completing a permanent transfer to fellow Women's Super League side Aston Villa. Noel joined us from VFL Wolfsburg in July 2020 and made her debut in a Champions League quarter-final against Paris Saint-Germain the following month. She made 92 appearances for the club, scoring two goals, both against Crystal Palace in the FA Cup fifth round in January 2021 and helped us to victory in the Continental Cup final last season. We wish her the best of luck in the next chapter of her career. 
Visitors Crystal Palace Today's Visitors Formed 1905 Stadium Selhurst Park Capacity 25,486 Owners John Textor Josh Harris David Blitzer Steve Parrish Honours Second Tier Champions 1978-79 1993-94 Third Tier Champions 1920-21 P.O.T.Y. Cheek Ducore Most Appearances Jim Cannon 660 1973-1988 Most Goals Peter Simpson 165 1929 to 1935. Famous fans: Bill Wyman, musician; Liam Neeson, actor; Paul Weller, musician; Joe Brandt, comedian; Timothy Spall, actor; Eddie Izzard, comedian; Katie B, singer. After two FA Cup third-round encounters with Everton, the second of which was a one-nil defeat at Goodison Park on Wednesday. Crystal Palace returned to Premier League action, like Arsenal, after a three-week break. They will be hoping to build on their last league fixture, a 3-1 home win over Brentford. That was a timely victory for the Eagles, ending an eight-match winless streak that had brought them just three points and threatened to plunge them into a relegation scrap. It was also their first win at Selhurst Park since early September, when they defeated Wolves 3-2 having lost their opening home fixture of the campaign to Arsenal. It was another poor run of form at the beginning of 2023 that cost Gunners legend Patrick Vieira his job as Palace boss. Twelve games without a win, ending his tenure two days before he was due to take charge here at Emirates Stadium, a match Arsenal won 4-1. To some surprise, the Frenchman was replaced by his veteran predecessor Roy Hodgson, but it proved a shrewd move as the ex-England boss quickly halted the slight, winning his first three matches in charge, all against the teams that would ultimately be relegated, Leicester City, Leeds United and Southampton. A reinvigorated Palace would lose just two of their final ten matches, winning five, to end up in 11th place, their highest position since 2017-18. stroke Since returning to the Premier League back in 2013-14, stroke the Eagles have been remarkably consistent, finishing between 10th and 15th in all 10 campaigns. While many fans would undoubtedly like to see their side push for more, the fact that Palace were relegated on all four of their previous Premier League campaigns before the current run suggests that these are times to be savoured at Selhurst Park. That said, the need to build on their current tally of 21 points is a pressing concern for a team that have won just five of their first 20 league fixtures, three of those away from home at Sheffield United 1-0, Manchester United 1-0 and most recently in early November, Burnley 2-0. With games against all three promoted clubs coming up soon at Selhurst Park, it is Palace's home form over the next few weeks that looks to be pivotal in shaping the course of their season. Roy Hodgson, manager, born 9th of August 1947, Croydon. Most recently, FC Copenhagen, 2000 to 2001, Udinese, 2001, UAE, 2002 to 2004, Viking, 2002-2004.
2004 to 2005. Finland, 2006 to 2007. Fulham, 2007 to 2010. Liverpool, 2010 to 2011. West Brom, 2011 to 2012. England, 2012 to 2016. Crystal Palace, 2017 to 2021. Watford, 2022. The senior citizen of the Premier League's managerial fraternity at 76, Roy was coached out of retirement by Crystal Palace in March last year to resume the job he previously held for four years until his departure in 2021. His managerial history has featured countless spells abroad and peaked when he took charge of England in 2012, a post he held for four years. Palace became the sixth English club on his CV when he replaced Frank de Boer in September 2017 and the affable South Londoner established the Eagles as part of the Premier League furniture in quiet but impressive fashion. Number 30. Dean Henderson. Born Whitehaven, 12th of March 1997. Previously, Man United, Stockport, Lone, Grimsby, Lone, Shrewsbury, Lone, Sheffield United, Lone, Nottingham Forest, Lone. After playing on loan for five different clubs while at Manchester United, including solid Premier League spells at Sheffield United and last season Nottingham Forest, Dean left Old Trafford permanently last summer, joining Palace on a reported £15 million fee. He began as Sam Johnstone's understudy, but has performed impressively since seizing his chance last month with a brilliant display at Manchester City, 2-2. Number 6. Mark Gooey Born Abidjan, Ivory Coast 13th of July 2000 Previously Chelsea, Swansea, Lone Centre-back Mark joined Palace three summers ago from Chelsea after 18 impressive months on loan at Swansea and is now an established international having started half of England's eight Euro 2024 qualifiers. Born in the Ivory Coast but brought up in England, the 23-year-old played just twice for Chelsea but last month made his 100th appearance for Palace. Number 16. Joachim Andersen Born Solrod Strand, Denmark, 31st of May 1996. Previously, FC Twente, Sampdoria, Lyon, Fulham, Lone. An ever-present for Denmark at the 2022 World Cup, Joachim has also been frequently selected in the centre of the Crystal Palace defence since he arrived in 2021 following a season on loan at Fulham from Lyon. Playing every minute in the league this term, and scoring the winner at Old Trafford. The 27-year-old started his career in the Netherlands with 20, before playing in Italy with Sampdoria. Number 3. Terek Mitchell. Born Brent, 1st of September 1999. Previously, none. Terek did not make his first team debut for the Eagles until July 2020, but he has been the club's first choice left back for the past three seasons missing just five league matches in that time and was awarded two senior England caps by Gareth Southgate in 2022. The North Londoner with Jamaican roots scored just his second Premier League goal in the 2-0 win at Burnley in November. Number 8. Jefferson Lerma Born El Cerrito, Colombia, 25th of October 1994 
Previously, Atletico Huila, Levante, Bournemouth. Columbia International Jefferson ended a five-year sojourn at Bournemouth before joining Palace last summer. He had been the Cherries' record signing when he arrived from Levante in August 2018 and went on to make 184 appearances for the club, scoring 12 goals. He has established himself as an important member of the Palace midfield, although he has yet to score in his 15 Premier League outings. Number 26. Chris Richards. Born Birmingham, Alabama, USA. 28th of March 2000. Previously, Bayern Munich, Hoffenheim, loan. Signed by Palace from Bayern Munich in July 2022 after making 30 Bundesliga appearances on loan at Hoffenheim, Chris has had to bide his time at Selhurst Park. But a serious knee injury sustained by Chica Ducore in November offered him the chance to make a claim for a central midfield berth. And the USA International has played every minute of the South Londoners' last seven Premier League matches. Number 10. Eberechi Eze. Born Greenwich, 29th of June 1998. Previously QPR, Wickham, Loan. Signed in August 2020 for £17 million following a brilliant season for QPR, Eberechi arrived at Selhurst Park with the reputation of one of English football's finest young talents. Despite a few injury setbacks, the 25-year-old has by and large lived up to that billing, top scoring with 10 Premier League goals last season and also becoming a senior England international. He extended his Palace contract in November. Number 14. Jean-Philippe Mateta Born Sevran, France 28th of June 1997. Previously, Chateau Roux, Lyon, Le Havre, Loan, Mainz. After a year on loan at Palace from Mainz, for whom he scored 24 goals in 67 Bundesliga matches, Jean Philippe joined the Eagles permanently in January 2022. He has been used mostly as a substitute, but goals against Liverpool and Manchester City last month supplementing a Carabao Cup hat-trick against Plymouth in August, enabled him to displace fellow Frenchman Odsonne Edouard in the starting 11. 2023-2024 Stat Pack Premier League Arsenal Crystal Palace Match Facts and Total Cards Arsenal After a run of just one win in eight Premier League games against Crystal Palace, drawn five, lost two, from 2018-19 to 2021-22, Arsenal have now won each of their last three against the Eagles. Crystal Palace Crystal Palace have won just one of their last 12 Premier League away games against Arsenal. Drawn four, lost seven, winning 3-2 in April 2019. Arsenal, yellow cards 30, red cards 2. Crystal Palace, yellow cards 37. Red cards 1. Goals Arsenal 37, Crystal Palace 22. Expected goals Arsenal 37.2, Crystal Palace 24.9. Goals conceded Arsenal 20, Crystal Palace 29. Expected goals against Arsenal 16.6, Crystal Palace 28.9. Clean sheets Arsenal 7, Crystal Palace 5. Shots, Arsenal 325, 
Crystal Palace, 236. Average possession. Arsenal, 60.6%. Crystal Palace, 42.4%. Shot conversion rate. Arsenal, 11.4%. Crystal Palace, 9.3%. Points gained after trailing. Arsenal, 8. Crystal Palace, 6. Points dropped after leading. Arsenal, 9. Crystal Palace, 8. Goal times. Arsenal, 0-15 minutes. Scored, 4. Conceded, 4. 16-30 minutes. Scored, 6. Conceded, 4. 31-45 minutes. Scored, 4. Conceded, 1. 46-60 minutes. Scored, 8. Conceded, 7. 61 to 75 minutes, scored 4, conceded 1. 76 to 90 minutes, scored 11, conceded 3. Crystal Palace, 0 to 15 minutes, scored 2, conceded 5. 16 to 30 minutes, scored 2, conceded 3. 31 to 45 minutes, scored 3, conceded 2. 46 to 60 minutes, scored 6, conceded 4. 61 to 75 minutes, scored 2, conceded 4. 76 to 90 minutes, scored 7, conceded 11. Powered by EA Sports, Premier League, Opta, official data. Scouting report, text, Adrian Clark. Tactics. From a tactical perspective, Roy Hodgson tries not to complicate matters, opting for a straightforward 4-3-3, or 4-2-3-1 most weeks, although he did switch to a more defensive 5-4-1 at Manchester City earlier on this season. So don't rule out a repeat of that shape here at Emirates Stadium. A big injury list influenced that call, but his players looked very comfortable in his setup, which was designed to stifle space inside their own defensive third. From that base they counter-attacked with quality using Jean-Philippe Mateta to hold the ball up for supporting runners. The result was an impressive 2-2 draw that may influence Hodgson's thinking today. Style of play When facing the toughest Premier League opponents, Crystal Palace are usually content to sit players behind the ball and keep a disciplined shape. They average just a 42.35% share of possession and are happy to largely play on the break. Inside their own half, the Eagles are usually very aggressive, making the second highest number of tackles so far this term. And from the turnovers they create, Hodgson's side like to get the ball forward quickly to their front three, who possess plenty of power and pace. Look out for long diagonal passes from central defenders Joachim Anderson and Mark Gray. Aim towards the target man centre forward. Sweden international Andersson has made more successful long passes, 113, than any other top-flight defender, and Guay, 72, is also ranked 11th in this department. Strengths Crystal Palace boasts plenty of skill and athleticism inside the final third, with Eberechi Eze and the injured Michael Olise, all tricky customers. Even in matches where they are territorially dominated, the Eagles always carry a goal threat, thanks to players who love to run with the ball and make things happen. Hodgson's side have scored in all but one away match in the Premier League this season, a sign of their menace, and with three away victories under their belt, including one at Old Trafford, 
they travel with plenty of confidence. Strength down the spine is another asset for the South Londoners. Their centre-back partnership is excellent, and in central midfield they are abrasive opponents that like to stifle the rhythm of their opponents. This strength ensures they limit shots on their own goal. In fact, Arsenal and Manchester City are the only two clubs to have had to make fewer saves than the Eagles this term. Weaknesses The Eagles will be incredibly frustrated to have scored from just one set-piece so far this season. That is the lowest return of all 20 top-flight teams. They're also out of the winning habit. While Palace did claim a victory last time out against Brentford, that was their first three-point haul since early November. One big reason behind that issue has been their wayward finishing. A 13.92% conversion rate ranks them a lowly 16th in the division. Key man. Gifted 25-year-old Eze is a mercurial match winner with the talent to influence any match he's involved in. Capable of operating as part of a midfield three in a number 10 role or as a wide forward, the England international is a lovely player to watch. Possessing great balance and trickery, he can beat opponents with ease, completing more than three successful dribbles per 90 minutes. From his own ball carries, he has registered 14 shots and two goals in just 11 starts this season. If Eze isn't shackled closely, he could be a thorn in our side. Match Action Premier League, Sunday, December 31st, 2023 2pm, Craven Cottage Fulham 2, Arsenal 1 Key Moments Martinelli's shot is saved, but Saka is there to bundle home. 29. Jimenez equalises at the far post after a searching cross from the left. 59. De Cordova-Reed smashes home a loose ball in the box from a corner. 71. Raya saves well from Kearney's long-range shot. Match Facts This was our first defeat to Fulham in 12 Premier League meetings since January 2012. This is only the second time since the start of last season we have suffered back-to-back league defeats. This was the first time we had lost a Premier League game after scoring first since January 1st, 2022, ending a run of 48 unbeaten in such games. 1-42, drawn 6. Quotes, Declan Rice. Being brutally honest, it's not good enough. The standards that we've set over the course of the season so far have not been met in the last two games. The loss at home to West Ham was tough to take, and today we really wanted to bounce back, and we had that on our mind. When you're not good enough in the Premier League, you lose games, and it's a really tough one to take. Match Action Emirates FA Cup Third Round Sunday, January 7th, 2024, 4.30pm Emirates Stadium, Arsenal 0, Liverpool 2, Kiwior 80, own goal, Diaz 90 plus 5, assist Yotta. Match stats, expected goals, AFC 1.76, LFC 0.64, shots, AFC 18, LFC 12, shots on target, AFC 5, LFC 3. 
It would work. AFC 1, LFC 2. Possession, AFC 54%, LFC 46%. Completed passes, AFC 394, LFC 339. Corners, AFC 5, LFC 2. Tackles 1, AFC 10, LFC 10. Offsides, AFC 1, LFC 2. Yellow cards, AFC 1, LFC 4. Red cards, AFC 0, LFC 0. Key moments, 11th minute, Martin Odegaard's shot smashes against the bar. 45th minute, Alexander-Arnold's rising shot hits the bar. 77th minute, Ramsdale saves well from Diaz. 80th minute, Kiwior heads an in-swinging corner into his own net. 90th minute, Diaz completes the scoring on the counter-attack. Match facts. This is the first time since April 2022 that we have lost three consecutive matches. Not including replays, this is the first time we have lost at home in the third round of the FA Cup since losing to Bradford Park Avenue in 1947-48. This was our first own goal against Liverpool since Shohran Mustafi in October 2019. Quotes, William Saliba. I'm really disappointed because we started the game so well. We had so many chances to score, but we didn't. Even in the second half, we were good. Unfortunately, we conceded one free kick ten minutes before the end of the game. We're really disappointed today. Teams. Teams For Arsenal Manager Mikel Arteta Shirt Red with white sleeves Shorts White Socks White 1. Aaron Ramsdale Goalkeeper 2. William Saliba 4. Ben White 5. Thomas Partey 6. Gabriel Magalhães 7. Bakayo Saka 8. Martin Odegaard 9. Gabriel Jesus 10. Emile Smith-Rowe 11. Gabriel Martinelli 12. Jurien Timber 14. Eddie Nekataya 15. Jacob Kiwior 17. Cedric Soares 18. Takahiro Tomiyasu 19. Leandro Trossard 20. Jorginho 21. Fabio Vieira 22. David Rea, goalkeeper 24. Reese Nelson 25. Mohamed Elneny 29. Kai Havertz 31. Karl Hein, goalkeeper 35. Alexander Zinchenko 41. Declan Rice 71. Charles Sago Jr. For Crystal Palace. Manager, Roy Hodgson. Shirt, black. Shorts, black. Socks, black. 1. Sam Johnston, goalkeeper. 2. Joel Ward. 3. Tyrick Mitchell. 4. Rob Holding. 5. James Tomkins. 6. Mark Guahy. 7. Michael Olise. 8. 
Jefferson Lerma. 9. Jordan Ayu. 10. Eberechietze. 11. Matthias Franca. 14. Jean-Philippe Mateta. 15. Jeffrey Schlupp. 16. Joachim Anderson. 17. Nathaniel Klein. 19. Will Hughes. 22. Odson Eduard. 23. Malcolm Abiyawi. 26. Chris Richards. 28. Chick Takore. 29. Nehru Ahamada. 30. Dean Henderson, goalkeeper. 31. Remy Matthews, goalkeeper. 36. Nathan Ferguson. 37. John Kaimani Gordon. 40. Jack Wells Morrison. 41. Joe Whitworth, goalkeeper. 44. Gyro Reedwald. 45. Teo Adaramola. 48. Luke Plange. 49. Jerison Raksaki. 52. David Ozo. 43. Adamola Ola Adabomi. 60. Jaden Raymond. Referee. Paul Tierney. Assistant referees. Scott Ledger. Daniel Robothan. Fourth official. Andrew Madley. VAR official. Stuart Atwell. Additional VAR official. Stephen Meredith. Today's other fixture. Brentford versus Nottingham Forest. 5.30pm. No room for racism. The Arsenal Foundation. Helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. Soakin, Arsenal FC, official money transfer partner. Supercharge your global payments and money transfers. Visit Soakin.com. Soakin is a trading name and a registered trademark of Plato Capital Limited. For further information on accessing the Soakin app and related payment services in your country of residence, please refer to www.soakin.com. Emirates, Arsenal official partner, travel with peace of mind, fly better. Arsenal's new 23-24 home kit. Shop now or visit the Armoury. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.